Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Welcome to Salt and Light. I am Pastor Randy Mitchell, joined by Brother Max Robinson. It is such a joy to be with you here this morning. Now, this is our very first Tuesday morning Salt and Light. We've been doing Thursday after, excuse me, Thursday mornings for a lot of years, Brother Max. And so we've got a brand new time. And so I think we probably have some new listeners at this morning hour. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to just let you know a little bit about who we are and what Salt and Light is all about. We have been uh, on this station and uh, Salt and Light has been about talking about what the Bible says about life and the world around us. And one thing that we try to do is we try to cover topics that uh, a lot of times are overlooked and sadly in too many pulpits. And while we don't try to be controversial, we don't shy away from it. And um, one thing that I've always said to people, Brother Max, is we try to tell it like it is, but we try to do it in a manner of kindness. We're not trying to you know, shock and awe and impress people with how bold that we can be. But we also, we, we want to make sure that we are not compromising or leaving things out that uh, ought to be talked about. And so that's what Salt and Light is all about. Brother Max, you've been uh, here on the broadcast with me uh, since August of last year. And so let our listeners, maybe we've got some new listeners, let them know uh, who you are and, um, and what God has been doing in your life. All right. Well, as you said, my name is Max Robinson, and I serve with you at Temple Baptist Church. I'm one of the two assistants there, Brother Terry. He's there working hard. He's probably there working right now while we're doing this, but he's a he's well, a we're good goofing man. off. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good man. And I've been in church ministry full-time for a number of years. I've served in uh, pastorate role in southeast Ohio, Bellsville, Ohio, for number of years and then in Arizona and then I accepted the invitation to come here and serve with you at Temple. Been here 11 months and it's been a good 11 months. We we love the area. Uh, we recently closed on a piece of property. That's awesome. So we're, we, we were able to buy six acres and uh, we're one of the brethren in the church. He so graciously offered to sell what he had and so Hopefully this spring we'll be able to break ground, start building a house, and put down some deeper roots here in this area. So. Amen. Well, I'm personally very happy about that. The last 11 months have been such a joy. Just appreciate all of the help that you have been. And I, I am amazed, Brother Max, almost every day I just thank God and just say, wow, I can't believe that the Lord brought our ministries together. And of course, we go way back. We worked together doing uh, telephone work uh, way before. I, I don't even think you were right with God at the time. And we, we had a We good were down friendship. in the manholes together. We were down in manholes and uh, all kinds of just a lot of memories back then. And then the Lord 
and his uh, providence just um, drew our hearts together and uh, I just uh, never ever imagined that the Lord would bring you and your family out here to be part of the ministry of Temple Baptist Church and I've been here for 15 years and I know the 11 months that you've been here uh, I, I just can't think of uh, a more joyous time in serving the Lord and the camaraderie that we've had together and I believe that the Lord is definitely in it and I'm glad that uh, the Lord's given you some property to set down some roots and who knows what the Lord's going to do we we just take it a day at a time and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and yeah. be faithful right. and we don't know what tomorrow holds but as the song says we know who holds tomorrow right. maybe the rapture maybe the rapture amen wouldn't it be a blessing and a joy to just be right here serving the Lord maybe the rapture would take place here on a salt and light broadcast I would be perfectly fine with that and for those of you that don't know who I am I'm pastor of Temple Baptist Church and the Lord brought me and my family out here in 2008 from Idaho uh, prior to that uh, I'd lived 17 years in Idaho and then before that I was in Asheville area and that's where I got right with the Lord. I got saved when I was a little boy, but in my high school years, I drifted way away from the Lord. I was a prodigal son, so to speak, in uh, Brother Wendell Runyon's church in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, I sat under his preaching for a little over a year. Um, I, you know, I don't know that I didn't go forward in a service, but you know, he was a, a, a very direct, hard preacher. I don't know how much Brother Max that I even paid attention to, but I do know this, during that time, I was under deep conviction. And I finally uh, just got tired of resisting the Lord, and uh, the Lord made it clear to me it was time to get right. And so, praise the Lord, by the grace of God, I got my heart right with him, started going to Bible school. He had a Bible institute there at his local church in Asheville, and learned the Bible, and just a surrender to the Lord and said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do. And so um, that was, I guess, what I would consider my call to preach. I, I, you know, some people label things a little bit differently, and God works in different ways in different of his servants' lives. But I just said, Lord, you open the door, and I'll walk through it. And my, my verse that kind of backs up my testimony is Paul said that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So to me, it wasn't like a call and a surrender. It was, I was willing, and the Lord just began to open doors and lead and guide. And when I'd walk through that door, the Holy Spirit would just give that confirmation that this is what he wants for my life and just kept doing that. And I've been doing that for the last, I guess it'd be 37, going on 38 years. And so... Uh, it's just a joy to be able to serve the Lord. Things are going well at Temple Baptist Church. We have a great spirit, some great people that love each other. Uh, we have guests and visitors that come in, and uh, that love is always extended to them. We had a visitor from uh, a different state that came here, uh, visited us about a month ago, and he comes up to me and he says, Pastor, you've trained your people well. And I, I just kind of shook my head, what, what are you talking about? And he said, we have never been in a church as a visitor and been as well received as we have from your people. And I just looked at him. I said, well, brother, I wish that I could take credit for that. But I said, I didn't necessarily train them. You know, I taught them what the Bible says. But I said, that's genuine Christianity. We have some people that are genuine Christians and they love people because 
that's what God's put in their heart. And so I hope I'm setting a good example of that, but it's not like we had this course that, so here's how you treat visitors. It's just a natural thing. And that's why it's such a joy to be able to talk. Well, in our next segment after the break, we're going to be talking about for the rest of the broadcast here today, uh, today is Independence Day. And so we are celebrating uh, the birth of our nation, 247th birthday today, Brother Max. And so uh, we're going to be talking about the foundation of our nation, where we came from, uh, where we're at today. And then we're going to see some of the solutions, what our country needs to know, what the Bible says. And so please stay tuned. We're going to be talking about some really, really encouraging and exciting things about our nation. And uh, just... um, We look forward to the next segment. Welcome back to Salt and Light. It is um, Independence Day today, Brother Max, and we are excited to be able to celebrate. A lot of times we just refer to it as the 4th of July. I know growing up, I remember picnics and, of course, fireworks and hamburgers and hot dogs and softball games. We had some great times growing up and, you know, things, uh, a a lot of times that family get-together Uh, A lot of people have drifted away from that, but I have some great memories of July 4th. But uh, as I've gotten older, July 4th has become a little bit more than just about hot dogs and hamburgers and fireworks. I start to reflect. I've seen what America has become. Uh, When I was a younger preacher, I used to talk about what America is becoming and the drifting of our nation. And I can't honestly talk about the drifting of our nation. We've already drifted, and our nation has very much morphed into something that is very different than when you and I were children. And certainly what it was like when you and I are children were children is way different than our grandparents. And so we, we need to get back to the foundation of our nation Uh, Psalm 33, verse number 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. And I want to focus on the first part of that verse, Brother Max, because it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We know that we as America are not God's chosen people. Israel, the descendants of Abraham, are God's chosen people. And that's the primary application of this verse. But the wording of it goes beyond just the nation of Israel, and God says to all nations that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. God didn't choose us as his people, but I think it's significant to say that as a nation, our founding fathers, the very root and foundation of our nation, that they chose the God of the Bible to be uh, our God. And we we can ignore it if we want, but it's irrefutable. The Christian foundation, the Bible foundation of our nation, all the way back to even before the Declaration of Independence, even before the founding of our Constitution and our Bill of Rights, America 
has the foundation of being a Christian nation. When the pilgrims came to America, it took them 23 years to pay for their own passage. So this wasn't just, you know, roll out of bed and, hey, let's just cross the ocean. Uh, they were blown 500 miles off of their course so that they didn't land in Virginia. They landed in Massachusetts. But when they finally stood on that rocky coast, they fell down on their knees. They kissed the earth and they wrote for all of history to find, and this is their writing, we establish this state to the glory of God and the spread of the Christian religion. Most people don't realize that the pilgrims came here not just for freedom of religion, but also to evangelize the native uh, American Indians, to get the gospel to people who did not have the gospel. That is some of the very beginning foundation of our nation. And so I know that you've got some things that, uh, uh, some quotes and some various things that talk about the foundation of our nation. So I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute here, brother. There is, uh, even now you can go through some, of, especially on the East Coast, there are some places you can go and see that historical written record before 1776 of the desires of those that came as you've mentioned with the desire yes for religious liberty but also for the bringing the gospel to those that need it right and liberty to serve God and it was a choice just as Abraham when he was presented with the Lord Lord called him out he answered that call and chose God to follow him and was obedient in that we had those in this country that we're endeavoring to do the same thing. And and that is intertwined. You can't go into Congress, into the, the, the U.S. Capitol, and not see even paintings and things that are testimony to what those that started in this country and were trying to create a framework and carve out with their expense of their time, their fortunes, and many, many lives the blood that was shed with this purpose that they wanted that favor that blessing of god on our country and it's it is irrefutable and i know it's been said well what we what we were at one time where we we aren't a christian nation now or they like to say we we never really were and i get it we're we're a secular nation we're not israel but there were men and women that as even read in their earliest of days, they got on their knees and asked God, God, be with us, bless us. Everything we have is yours. We want your favor. We want your face to shine upon. I love that in Numbers chapter 6, the blessing God told Moses for Aaron to give to the people to make his face shine upon us. That's what I desire for my family and many have desired for our nation. And our founding fathers had, many of them had that desire. And you know, the song that we sing, the patriotic song, God mend thy every flaw. We weren't a perfect nation to think that all of our founding fathers were born again, spirit-filled believers in Jesus Christ. That's, that's not the way that it was. But there was an influence of the scripture and even the gospel of Jesus Christ. Patrick Henry, the man who coined the phrase, give me liberty or give me death, said this, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, 
but by Christians, not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was Patrick Henry's perspective of the foundation of our nation. The progressives and the liberals have tried to destroy the foundation. And the way that you destroy a foundation is to rewrite its history. And we've seen so much of that in modern times. Technology and the internet and, you know, the media has so much control to influence people's hearts and minds. The education system is certainly changed and a lot of things that our children are being taught or you know a lot of times brother max it's not the false information that's being taught it's the righteous information that's being left out it's the void of hearing the good stuff that has contributed to our nation drifting further and further away and that scriptural foundation in the christian religion while we've never been a Christian utopia, there's always been sin. You can find fault in all of our founding fathers. I mean, even the ones that would be considered the most Christian because they were men. Just like you go to the Bible and men, you, you mentioned Moses and Aaron. You mentioned these, these great characters in the Bible that were men of faith that they all had they they all had faults and they all had failures and regrets and sins and so forth and so we're not saying that our founding fathers were perfect but one thing that they did do is they brought us a foundation of christian religion and as we celebrate independence day it is when the the declaration of independence was signed but one thing we need to remember brother max is the the signing of the Declaration of Independence didn't make us free. It only initiated the conflict that was to follow. The Revolutionary War was started by the Declaration of Independence, and so there had to be a battle and there had to be a sacrifice. And so men and women sacrificed greatly in order to give us this nation that was founded on God, the Bible, even the gospel of Jesus Christ, they sacrifice greatly, and yet we have leaders in our country today that are taking those freedoms and liberty and basically just throwing them out the window. Right. And in that declaration, we all know the first part, or we should all know the first part. I'm amazed when they go around some news people, I think even Sean Hannity's done that, they question people on the street. What's the Declaration of Independence? And they ask various questions, and they're like, I, I don't know. But in that, that part, it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these, and that you have to love these. I mean, if you like freedom, love freedom, I do, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that declaration's being made by an against an oppressive government which now you look at that government that they rebelled against and look at some things that are happening today it's it's a striking contrast yeah. I, I mean the, the men back then would be totally abhorred by what they see today and oh, what, what was carved out framed out and given to a free people to see what freedoms what liberties and this thing of life life we're aborting children mm -hmm. and we debate it is it some noble thing and right for people to have they would they would be absolutely shocked and devastated what has become 
but we have a document that has things in it that are all scripturally based. That's right. Liberty's taught about in the Old Testament. A year of liberty, right, was given every 50 years. God set the record straight every 50 years because he knew after seven Sabbaths, seven years of Sabbath, right, mm -hmm. that men was going to put themselves in bondage. Yeah. And the Lord did a reset. It was his goodness. God gives liberty. He gives life. And happy is the man whose God is the Lord. That is right. It's undeniable the scriptural principles here. You know, you read that portion of the Declaration of Independence and uh, a number of years ago, there was a news reporter in Madison, Wisconsin that handed a copy of what you just read to 122 people on the streets of Madison, Wisconsin. And he asked them their opinion of the words that were written. All right, and so uh, after, uh, after they read it, he asked them what they thought that it meant, and some of them thought it was very radical, much too radical. Some said it was silly idealism. A few said that it was probably written by some communist. Others thought it was uh, part of the work of some counterculture group. Only 13 out of 122 people recognized it as part of the Declaration of Independence. And so that's where our foundation, if you want to change what our nation is all about, you have to destroy the foundation. And that's what we're seeing by omission. People don't know and don't, if you don't know where our country came from, then it's impossible to appreciate. And that's why we're trying to make sure that we present this information here on this Salt and Light broadcast so that people know this is what we're supposed to be and maybe that will give us hope that we can get back to what we ought to be, one nation under God. We'll see you after the break, folks. All right, welcome back to Salt and Light. We're talking about the foundation of our nation, where we came from, our Christian heritage and roots here on July 4th, Independence Day, Brother Max, um, some good things came up in last segment, and we're talking about the Declaration of Independence, and what people need to remember is that there were 56 men that signed that Declaration of Independence, and their conviction resulted in untold suffering for themselves as well as their families. Of the 56 men, five were captured by the British and tortured before they died, 12 had their homes ransacked and burned, Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardship of the war. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ships uh, sunk by the British Navy. He sold his home and properties to pay his debt uh, and died in poverty. The Battle of Yorktown, the British General Cornwallis had taken over Thomas Nelson's home uh, for his headquarters. Nelson quietly ordered General George Washington to open fire on his own home. The home was destroyed and Nelson died bankrupt. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and mill were destroyed. For over a year, he lived in forests and caves, returning home only to find his wife dead and his children vanished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion. These are all historical facts. And, you know, sadly, I, I don't even remember hearing all of that when I was in 
school growing up, I knew about the Declaration of Independence. Um, I can remember uh, a lot of different things, but uh, sadly, I didn't learn that story about the sacrifice of every single one that signed that Declaration of Independence. It, it, you know, we have freedom, but freedom was not free. And it's not free for us today either. If we're going to keep that freedom, there has to be eternal vigilance. And, uh, you know, I, independence is one thing. Freedom is another. I read a story, Brother Max, about uh, back in the 17th century that there was a slave ship that was bringing 200 Africans from Africa to America. And the slaves, they broke loose. They overpowered the crew. They killed them and threw them overboard. Now, uh, now they were free. But the problem is, is they found themselves in real trouble because no one knew how to sail the ship. And, you know, that's not a, I, you know, I know you have to, we have to be real careful talking about slavery today. That, that story has nothing to do with slavery. It has to do with the concept of freedom versus independence. You know, we can have independence, but that doesn't mean that we have freedom. And that's exactly what we're seeing in modern culture today. People are breaking free for their independence, but we've got people in our nation that don't, they don't know how to sail the ship. And one of the foundational principles of our country is that we are a republic and we're supposed to be able to govern ourselves. Right. We're a nation of laws. And in order to be a nation of laws, people have to govern themselves. And sadly, people are not governing themselves. We've shaken off the bondage of the church, of the Bible, of prayer, of the Ten Commandments. And so we are independent but we are far from being free. Exactly, and our founders knew that. You know, we have the Declaration of Independence. We had the War of Independence. We were successful by the grace of God. And then the years following that, those that were heads of state in the various colonies, right, all knew we needed a central document to be that foundation, that framework, right, to guide us in this newfound independence and liberty. And the, the great thing that should excite us all is it did not happen until there was amendments, which we call the Bill of Rights, that were put on there, which cemented and gave us a great framework and clarity, which now is debated and argued, but these things is what gives us the things that we can enjoy today, the, the right to even own a business, to choose which church you're going to go to. There is no state church. There used to be in countries, mm -hmm. but that was something that was, that religious freedom was something that we were going to have as a nation, that you get to choose what church you're going to go to. Well, it was a big issue among our founding exactly. fathers. There were some that believed that America should have a church state. Yeah. Absolutely. So these are fundamental. And, you know, we've been quoting a few of the men, and, and there's a couple, there's lots of good quotes, lots of good quotes. So even George Washington, who was a hero, obviously, in the War of Independence, and was so favorably thought of and loved by his countrymen, they sought to make him king. He refused it. We know he did become our first president. But he said this, it is impossible, impossible to rightly govern the world without God 
and the Bible. You can't argue the thinking and the guidance these men were using in order to lead and direct. You, you talked about that. There's this difference between uh, getting your independence, freedom, all these things, right? Liberty. And these men were striving to follow the teachings and the precepts of Scripture to guide this fledgling nation down a proper and right road so that could last. I mean, we are just a, a shadow of our former self, but we still have unprecedented liberties and freedoms. That is right. And that is all because of what was done those 240-some years ago. You can look at Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson said this, Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that those liberties are the gift of God? He's asking this question. It, when we quit looking at God for the things and the freedoms and the liberties we have, because that's even in the Declaration of Independence, these unalienable rights came from our Creator. They're endowed by Him. They're only able to be given by Him. They're only secured by Him. You remove God out of the picture, you don't have these. And he goes on to say, Indeed, I tremble for my country. He's looking ahead. I, I, he says, Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. And when we remove God out of the equation and we do, as it says in the end of the book of Judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. We take away the the divine direction, commandments, instruction, precepts out of the word of God, and we start going down our own road, and we forget that God is just. He gave us liberty. We have a accountability and responsibility, as it says in Galatians 5, how we use our liberty. We're to use it for good. Mm -hmm. We're to use it for right, not just for whatever we want to do. You know, I grew up here, and it's a free country. Right? Kids would get in little arguments and fights, you know. They'd steal somebody's pen or drink somebody's Kool-Aid or do something. Do whatever I, I want. I can do what I want. Yeah. I don't I don't have to listen to you. That's free. No, you have an accountability and responsibility for that freedom and liberty you have. Yeah. Bible teaches us that. And that's exactly why Benjamin Franklin so wisely said after the Constitution was written and ratified, he came out of Constitutional Hall and he said to the crowd that was gathered around we have given you a republic if you can keep it. If you can keep it. That was some wisdom. He understood human nature. He understood how people operate, the role of, of federal government and the role of the people, as we've already mentioned, to govern themselves. Listen, the, the federal government and the role of government in general in our nation today is nothing like what our foundation, what our founding fathers had in mind. We are literally, we, we're not a socialist country in name, but you know, it's come in the back door and in substance we are extremely socialistic. We depend upon the government for so many things that we shouldn't have to depend upon them. And so the role of government, uh, they have just, they continue to tax more provide more, and, uh, you know, we are definitely dependent upon the government rather than being dependent upon God. 
Uh, most people wrongly believe, Brother Max, that America is a democracy. And historically, democracies have always failed. And so you say, well, America then is going to fail. Well, we have sadly become a democracy, but we weren't founded to be a democracy. We were founded to be a republic. And um, one man said this. He said, the states are rotten because the people are rotten. You know, you, you can't just blame Washington, D.C. and Raleigh and all of the, you know, these are all, we have elected these officials. And so someone said that, uh, you know, a nation gets the leaders that they deserve. Well, we have a democratic form of election. We, we, we have some say-so in choosing our leaders. That's where we have, that's where we have democracy and function. But we are not, as a nation, a democracy that's basically mob rules but we are a republic we have a constitution a bill of rights we have laws that are passed that are supposed to be upheld and so we have a system of checks and balances why because we had some very wise founding fathers that because of their understanding of the scripture they understood authority and government and they understood human nature and they were able to take all of those elements and put them together and come up with a wise concept. I'm sure that many people have heard of the French writer Alexis de Tocqueville. He visited America in 1831. This is not a Christian man. And he said this, he said, I sought for the greatness of the United States in her commodious harbors, her ample rivers, her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, and in her institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. I looked for it in her democratic Congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Brother Max, I, as a pastor, I, I, you know, the pulpit ministry is an important part of my life, but I feel like that really some of the problems, many of the problems in America, we can't blame on Washington, D.C. and on politicians, but the problem lies in the pulpit is the pulpit has lost that flame of righteousness and we've got i call them cherry picker uh, preachers this day and age they pick all of the sweet and the good and the kind motivational speech type stuff out of the scripture and they don't preach the whole counsel of god if there's any hope for our nation it's going to start with god's people it's going to start with preachers that are sick and tired of compromise and saying we got to start preaching the whole counsel of god next segment folks join us for some solutions Welcome back for our final segment of today's July 4th Independence Day Salt and Light broadcast. And as we mentioned before the break, we're going to talk this final segment about what is the solution for 
the, the cultural and the spiritual drift of our nation. We have veered away from our foundation. Uh, America as a nation is not what it, was an what it was intended to be. And there are just a lot of things that are wrong with our country. And we're not here to gripe about those things. I think that, in fact, we haven't really spent much time at all, Brother Max, talking about all of the details. And uh, there are plenty of things that we could talk about that are going wrong in our nation. Uh, there is perversion. There is, you know, taking God and the Bible and prayer out of the, the, the public school system and so forth. You mentioned abortion. That's been an abomination and what a, what a horrible tragedy. I'm glad that our Supreme Court made some good decisions, but long overdue that at least they finally got that right. So there are some good things in our nation, but by and large, there are many, many things that are not good. And we find ourselves in a place where uh, if we continue to go in the direction that we are heading, it's going to continue to get worse and worse. Um, our former president, Donald Trump, made a statement here recently. He said, America has become a third world country. That might be a little bit, um, little bit exaggerated, but there are some things. You and I have been on mission trips. We've been in third world countries. And I know that there are some things that I'm experiencing here in recent times that reminds me of being in a third world country, whereas for my entire life, I never ever thought that America would be like that. So yeah, there's some truth to that. I don't think we're completely there yet, but if we don't turn this thing around, we're certainly going to be there. Uh, General Omar Bradley said this, America today is running on the momentum of a godly ancestry. And when that momentum runs down, God help America. He also said, we have grasped the mystery of the Adam and rejected the Sermon on the Mount. The world has achieved brilliance without conscience. Ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. Boy, he, uh, he described modern American culture today. We have plenty of information, plenty of knowledge, but we lack wisdom and we have we lack so much righteousness, whether it be in our leaders or just among families and people and churches and pulpits like we've talked about. America has turned away from holiness and righteousness and goodness. And, and you know, there's a lot of good people, a lot of good God-fearing people, Brother Max. And I think that is the reason that God has not already judged this nation. And we have a, an ancestry. and But we've got to remember that we're enjoying these blessings based on our past, certainly not on our present. And so we need some answers. What are, I mean, what would be the first thing that you would say, Brother Max, if somebody says, okay, I know, I, I, I recognize that we are away from, we've drifted from our foundation, but how do we turn this thing around? One, I, I believe, is that we do need to recognize that our, our founders were right when they chose God and they chose Christ in his ways. There, there's, a, there's seven principles that it was called a Judeo-Christian uh, ethic. Mm -hmm. and, and it has seven quick principles. It has the dignity of human life, which is clearly throughout Scripture. It has traditional monogamous family. The family unit is broken. So, I mean, in the earlier years of our country, we knew that for our country to be successful, to be wholesome, to have 
that blessing, blessing and prosperity, that the family unit, mother, father, children, right? That that was a fundamental, foundational part. God is clearly established in the book of Genesis in the first few chapters. It, it's, you cannot argue those things. A national work ethic. You know, you go into the prophets and you see one of the things that God is speaking about Sodom was their idleness. Mm-hmm. We're seeing some of that today. Mm-hmm. You know, and this various aspects, a right to a God-centered education. So in the 60s, prayer and Bible was repudiated. In the early years of our country, Congress actually authorized the printing of Scripture and to be used as a textbook in schools. We've repudiated that. We've we've done. I know there are schools and there are some things we have certain rights, but it is it is put down. It has been challenged. It has continued to put into a corner. People are shamed. It's not freely taught. But we can teach all kinds of stuff. We're teaching this nonsense of this transgenderism and other stuff in the earliest ages of our kids. But we won't teach the truth of God, mm-hmm. His love, His plan for them. The Abrahamic Covenant, common decency, and our personal, here's the biggest one, our personal accountability to God, number seven. These are things we've got to get back to. Yeah. Yeah, so a a seven-year-old kid in school can learn about sexuality and LGBTQ and all of that, but it's not legal for him to learn that he's a sinner in need of Jesus Christ as a Savior. And that's the real solution. And that's, you know, a lot of people talk about revival, Brother Max. And yeah, America needs a revival. And some people would say, and and I'm probably, to be honest, I'm probably more in that category. Uh, Sadly, I've lost a lot of hope for America. I do believe there's hope because in Jesus Christ, there's always hope. But do I believe that a revival is going to sweep our nation like it did back in the 1600s like it did there was some revivals in the even the 1900s right. and there were a lot of evangelism and a lot of great things do i believe it's going to happen uh, i don't know I, I have serious questions and doubts about that but i read in the word of god and i read about a city called nineveh that was as wicked as they come and God sent a totally, not even half-hearted preacher, he sent a no-hearted preacher by the name of Jonah. He didn't want, even want to be there. And he, he walks into the middle of the city and he says, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. What a, what a wonderful flowery sermon that was. There were no poems. There were no, he just said, you got 40 days and this city is toast. And the whole, the king and the entire city repented and got right with God and God spared that judgment. That just goes to show that there is power in the word of God. And I still believe, here's what's got to happen in America. It's not going to start in the 2024 election. Now, I hope that we get a a leader that will stick with the Bible, will do some biblical righteous things. I I, I honestly hope that. That will certainly help our culture and the way that we live our life. It'll ensure some additional freedoms. But for our country to turn around, it's going to mean that God's people are going to have to get right with God and quit living half-hearted, 
Christian lives, living with one foot in the world and one foot in the Bible, and start getting sold out to God, living for Jesus Christ, and being witnesses, telling people about Jesus Christ. We're going to have to wake up. And we are asleep as a church. Christians are just going through the motions. Church is just a checklist. It's half-hearted. They don't really, they don't really truly worship or serve God. Uh, we're not living separated lives. We're not being sanctified like that we're supposed to. Until God's people who represent God in the Bible, until we get right with him, and demonstrate to the lost world around us that, hey, we've got something that's different. We've got something that's special. They're not going to desire what we have because we've got the answers. They have emptiness. You know, they're choosing all of these uh, cultural uh, things to try to fill a void, and it's not filling that void. They're just emptier and emptier, more miserable and more miserable. Christians are sitting on the answer, and what are they doing? They're just walking right. through their life, trying to blend in and be just like the world. We're almost out of time. Last thoughts for the Max. Well, to continue quickly with your thought on Jonah. Jonah, half-hearted, cold-hearted preacher. So effective. And recorded one of the most effective preachers in the world. Yeah. So what was the, the, the common element? He at least preached truth. Right. So every pathetic preacher in America, if they would at least have the guts to preach truth, yeah. we could see great revival in this country. That is right. We've got too much entertainment in the pulpit, too much pop psychology. We need the scripture, the word of God. And that means the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. He did that not just to show his love. He did do that to show his love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but he did that as the supreme sacrifice for our sins. Christ died for our sins, and until we as a nation acknowledge our sin, we'll never repent, and until we repent, we will never trust God and trust his gospel, his son, Jesus Christ. We've got a nation of believers who believe in a God that they don't trust. Until we start trusting him, we are gonna continue to drift. And I hope and I pray for our nation that God will do a wonderful, wonderful work. We need it, but in the meantime, if each of us will just be faithful and do what we can, who knows what God will do. Thank you for joining us today. Happy 4th of July, Independence Day. God bless you. We appreciate you taking the time to join us at Salt and Light. It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. He loves you and he died on the cross for your sins. He will give you hope, peace, and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust him as your savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you you can call upon him to save you this very moment. If you are a born-again Christian, we want to encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible and get involved serving the Lord. If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, visit our website at templebaptistnc.com click on the salt and light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. 
May the Lord bless you. We hope you'll join us again next week.